Welcome to the Parent Toolbox podcast from the Inventive Minds Child, Youth, and Family Center. We are a not-for-profit organization helping families with day-to-day parenting ups and downs from expectancy to teen. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining this Inventive Minds Child, Youth, and Family Support Center workshop hosted by me, Adam Stavis, your youth development mentor and coach. Today's workshop topic is about breastfeeding, steps to getting a good latch, and why it's important. Inventive Minds Child, Youth, and Family Support Center, a not-for-profit organization, helps families and children. Inventive Minds offers family law mediation services, a private inspired Montessori school, and early years child care facility, parent and youth support therapy, community services for new moms and parenting courses related to children, aid services, mediation, separation, and divorce. They also help families by creating parenting plans, child support, spousal support, and asset evaluation. Connect with Inventive Minds to learn more about their school, new mom services, their therapist and practitioner for day-to-day parenting challenges, support programs from newborns to teens and adult group support programs for reconnecting with your children and developing an emotionally attuned parenting strategy. To clarify, I am a youth development coach and I am not a licensed medical doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, master's in family and child counseling or master's in social work. If you believe that you or anyone you know needs the help of a licensed medical doctor, psychologist, psychiatrist, master's in family and child counseling, or a master's in social work, do speak with your family doctor, local walk-in clinic, or hospital. Today, we have with us Nicole Schwartz. Hey, how you doing? Hi. Hi. Uh, (laughs) Nicole is a licensed and registered international board certified lactation consultant and holds an undergraduate degree in biology. She has always had an interest in the human body and how it works. From a young age, she always envisioned herself working with children. Okay, yes. so and I have a whole bunch of questions that are listed here in front of me that I want to make sure we go through, but I'm sure at first you want to at least uh, also give yourself a proper introduction. So uh, please let me allow you to do so. Um, I am an IBCLC, which stands for International Board Certified Lactation Consultant. Um, so I did lots of uh, specific lactation education, and then I did clinical hours working directly with babies and moms and families. Um, And then I sat for the, it's an international exam. So I could work anywhere in the world, which is kind of cool. And I became an IBCLC after I had my daughter, actually. So this was a change in career. My struggles with breastfeeding her kind of prompted me to want to do this. I um, have my own private practice and I love doing this work. So Okay. Well, it sounds like you're doing great. So first of all, uh, how your baby attaches to your breast chest during breastfeeding and why it's important. That is something that uh, I would actually like to know, especially as a man. Um, I cannot understand nearly obviously to the level that a woman can. So having a really clear explanation for me, I feel like mm-hmm. if I can understand this, then any woman who has this sort of question will definitely understand it as well. Um, so please uh, let us know uh, more about that if you could. Yeah. Um, so latch, and you really don't know, hear this word until you have a baby then and you are then breastfeeding right. and people are asking, how's your latch? And you're like, what? And so latch means how your baby is attached to you um, during breastfeeding in order to get milk out. Um, So there can be a a great latch and there can be one that's not so great. And 
basically not so great latch can have consequences. Right. Um, so we want the baby to have an effective latch and an efficient latch. Um, right. Effective means they're going to be able to get enough milk for their needs. Um, efficient means they're not feeding 24 hours a day, right? right. So, um, and we want this experience to be pain-free for the person breastfeeding them because obviously it takes two to breastfeed. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, and this will have a direct correlation to how much milk the mom makes then. So latch, we're, we're basically talking about how the baby's attaching to you in order to get the milk out. So right. that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Okay, fair enough. Um, so, and then uh, if we can go through uh, some details, um, maybe more uh, oriented specifically towards uh, the importance of having a good latch in itself, uh, yeah. what that really uh, looks like. Um, and then of course, uh, what can happen if your baby's latch is less than optimal? Right. So it's important because um, we want your baby to get the calories they need to grow and gain weight. And we want them to be able to do it without a lot of extra stress or work, right? So, you know, babies are born with reflexes and um, this drive to, to be able to breastfeed. So um, they do kind of intrinsically know some things um, and we want to kind of make sure they're, they're attached optimally to make this happen. Right. Um, and then also it needs to be an experience where the parent is not, the mother is not in pain. If the, the latch is not good, the, it has consequences then for, for mom. So, um, and then like that kind of goes into if it's less than optimal, what can happen? Right. So right, right. in my practice, I see, you know, the less than optimal, cause that's why they come to me they need help. Okay. And, um, you know, this leads to the baby being frustrated, um, the mom being frustrated. Um, and then this causes like a lot of anxiety too. When feeding isn't going well, it's anxiety producing for the family. Um, right. And the baby might not be getting enough milk. So if they're not latched properly, you know, we think they're eating, but maybe they're not getting as much as they need. And so right. then we see this when we go to weigh them or they go to their pediatrician. Um, right. And then over time, this can affect how much milk mom is making. Right. Um, and I can like, I know this isn't a talk about supply, milk supply, but right. basically there's supply and demand. So, okay. you know, the baby is the demand and the mom is the supply. So right. the baby demands milk and then your body makes more milk. Oh, interesting. Um, so the more milk you remove, the more your body makes. Right. And so if right. baby is not taking a full feed or as much as they should, it starts to downregulate your milk supply. Interesting. And so over time you can start making less and less milk and then, mm. you know, get to a place where you're not making enough for your baby. If you don't use it, you lose it. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Now it almost sounds like there's, if I'm getting this correct, because again, like this, especially as a man, this is really interesting to me because I like, I feel like there's some, probably some basic things that are 
perhaps innate that a woman would just kind of feel and know that I would just have no clue of. So um, I feel like some of my more in-depth questions might be, uh, are just based upon sheer ignorance and lack of, of understanding. Uh, but uh, it, it almost sounds like there's sort of this capital of, of supply that uh, you, that as a woman you'd produce for your baby. And if, and it will kind of cap out at that. And either way, that milk would have to get used somehow. And if it's uh, if it's not being taken from the mom so that that cap can kind of stay at its optimal level, then the body will start to, I guess, almost, uh, I don't know what the right biological terminology would be. Yeah. And I imagine you know, but it sounds like almost like the body sort of would absorb it. And then that capital amount would be uh, lessen and lessen until potentially you just wouldn't be producing anymore. It almost sounds like um, your body would start to uh, feel as if, well, there's no need to produce this right. milk at all. So why spend the energy yes. to do that? Right. Am I getting yes. this correct? Yeah. 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 Milk making is a, um, takes a lot of energy. And so you actually need an extra three to 500 calories a day. Wow. When you're breastfeeding. Um, wow. So your body doesn't like to expend energy and waste it. Right? right. So if, if you are not removing that milk, either, and some moms are pumping, um, or if they're having a hard time, they might be pumping. If you're not removing that milk with the baby or the pump, your body's gonna start to slow down production to right. save energy. And because it thinks that there's not a need for it. So right. it's kind of sense. a, yeah, use it or lose it. So yeah. you need the demands in order to make more of the supply. It's just sheer economics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no one's ever said that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, okay, cool. So, if you could, I mean, was there anything else specifically that you wanted to make through make um, that you wanted to talk about in terms of latch being less optimal? Or can no, I? No, that's. I, I think that's good. Cool. Okay, great. So, um, if you could, uh, what does a good latch look and feel like? Yeah. So I just, before I want, I want to like say this before we talk about this, yeah. um, sometimes it looks good, but it's not good. So we're talking about it looking good, but there's also, how does it feel? Um, right. and what is happening? So sometimes it looks good from the outside, but inside, you know, something is off with the right. baby's tongue or, um, the swallowing or something like that. So this is just kind of a starting point, right. um, what, what you're kind of looking for. Um, so baby, we want the baby um, to be close to you when breastfeeding so that their chin can be touching your breast. And that kind of, that pressure on their chin and their cheeks kind of triggers them to open their mouth. Hmm. So it, it's kind of triggering the rooting reflex um, and babies can't see very well, right? They can see like six inches, right? So um, we need to kind of get things close to them so that they can know what to do. Right. Um, so we want them very close to you. Um, we want their mouth open super wide. Um, and okay. I'm talking like a 140 degree angle. So when you're looking, oh, wow. yeah, it's very wide. Right. Um, and it's called breastfeeding because we need them to get breast tissue in their mouth, not just the nipple. Right. And when they're just feeding on the, the tip there, that's when things are bad for, for mom. Right. Right. <laughs> it right. does not feel good. Um, and then 
babies pinching off the milk ducts too. So they're not okay. going to get as much. Okay. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So wide open mouth, um, their lips can, should be kind of flanged out. Okay. Um, we yeah, don't want like their lips. Just opened completely. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a fish face. We don't want their lips tucked in. Right. Okay. Um, the cheeks should look full and round. If you see any dimpling or it looks like the baby's suctioning in. Okay. That, that means there's something off. Something's not right. Okay. Um, where are the and, ducks exactly low located? So that way, because I, I imagine, because it sounds like, and I, I don't mean to interrupt you, because I'm just trying to picture this myself too. So um, if it's just on the very tip and you're saying that it's going, that cuts off the, the ducks, yeah. I think if if a woman really understands fully, just to make sure if there's any women that are listening that are not sure exactly where the ducks are located, it sounds like the mouth has to be around that area, right? Well, the, so is that, the milk's made, so think about um, a, so grapes, right? right? A bunch of grapes. The right. the the milk is made in the the milk making cells, the alveoli, and right. those would be the grapes. And then the stems are kind of the ducts. The ducts go from those cells all the way down into the nipple. Okay. And so it's it's not like a straight path. They could be curving, okay. and then they they converge into um to each other. So right. Mom has like a certain amount of nipple pores right. in her nipple. Okay. But the, the ducks are coming down into there. So if okay. you if you just you know think about a hose, if you go and pinch it off, right, what happens? Yeah, of you, course you, you're not gonna get the water out. Right. The water stops flowing. Yeah. So you, but you could pinch it a little and still get a little coming through, right? right? And that would but that wouldn't be sufficient enough. Yeah. So um that's kind so of So it's how really it gotta works. be like the wider the mouth, the better, really. Yeah. Yeah. And that way the nipple is getting back far enough in baby's mouth that it's not being pinched, rubbed. Gotcha. The, the nipple really is just in there to let the milk out and kind of trigger the baby right. to start sucking. Ah, okay, okay. It's not used like a straw. So it's more the, the, the tissue around and the less sucking on any part of the nipple, the better. Right, baby's creating suction, but it's the compression too. So there's, right. there's negative and positive pressure going right. on. And that's also where the, the pressure from their chin and s surrounding mouth area against the breast actually helps to force the milk out more easily too. It sounds like. Yeah. It's all, it, it's all very important for a latch. Like their entire, I always say babies don't just eat with their mouth. Like it's kind of a whole body thing. Like their body needs to be in proper alignment, um, right. you know, they need to feel secure in space too. Right. Think about sitting, you trying to sit like on the edge of like a, you know, I don't know, at the park, <laughs> one of those things you balance on while right. you're eating. You don't feel stable. It's hard to eat. Right. <laughs> those are teeter-totters. Those are what those, yes. those are called, right? Like a yeah. yeah, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, that's okay. Um, that's okay. No, it then, makes perfect sense. You know, so the the tongue, their tongue also is really important. Mm -hmm. um, their tongue moves in a, a wave-like motion okay. and kind of gets the milk out. Okay. So their tongue actually comes all the way extended out over their bottom gum line. Right. And that um, that is important too. Okay. So that if you feel like they're biting you, then that means their tongue mm. is not protecting your right. 
um, okay. Okay. Um, so was there anything else in terms of what a good latch looks and feels like that you wanted to make sure that you touched upon before I get to my next question? Um, just about swallowing. So okay. this is something I often talk to new parents about the difference between act like nutritive sucking where they're getting milk and non-nutritive and like okay. understanding, I always show them like that that's your baby swallowing and, um, this, this is suckling, but they're not swallowing. Right. Um, okay. Because sometimes parents think they're eating, but they're really not. They're just suckling and they're not actually getting milk down their throat. Mm, okay. So um, when you hear, you can hear a baby swallow and it makes like a, k -k. it's like okay. a soft little k sound. Okay. <laughs> and then you'll also see their lower jaw kind of drop right. and hang down for a second. Right. So okay. looking for swallowing is really important. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like there's so many things that you have to be aware of as a new mom when it comes to something like this, um, which is obviously a, a multiple day activity. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. Uh, and there's so many like little fine details that uh, you could definitely, I would imagine as a new mom, you would totally, to no fault of your own, you could just easily overlook yeah. um, and be completely unaware of uh, that having this education, having this knowledge uh, is so important because uh, for obvious reasons, I mean, this is your own, this is your baby's only source of energy and food. Yeah. For a while so if it's not happening effectively then yeah that could uh, that could be quite detrimental uh, yeah. so having the full awareness and education on on all these little details it would make a, a massive difference yeah yeah if yeah, i can see that cool so so interesting um now is, is it okay if, if i move on to my next question yes yeah okay yes. cool uh, so, so please uh, tell me, uh, what are the differences between baby-led and parent-led latching? Yeah. So baby-led kind of means, it, generally it means you're in a more, mom's laid back more and reclined back. Okay. I, I think most of the time when we think about latching our baby, we think about parent-led, um, where the mm -hmm. mother's kind of guiding the baby more. Um, and baby-led is... It can also be called biological nurturing okay. and baby is like fully prone on you. So their entire body is on mom's body okay. and then you kind of let them just hang out there. And this helps them kind of tap into their reflexes and their feeding reflexes and instincts. Okay. Okay. Um, so if you have a healthy full-term baby and right after birth, they put them on your chest. Um, a lot of babies will, if left there long enough, self-attach um, without mom doing anything. Um, and they're born with the ability to, to do the things to allow them to do that. Cool. Um, and you can do this type of attachment more than just right after birth. Um, you know, holding your baby skin to skin, kind of letting them kind of attach themselves, right. just putting them in that general vicinity. Okay. Um, but so, you're, so you're not, you don't really have to like, um, you're not really like necessarily forcing their, their head or their mouth certain no. way or their body. You just sort of putting them there, letting them be in the general area and then just allowing them time to kind of get themselves even in the exact right position for them. That's comfortable, uh, and finding their, their, their own way, essentially. Yeah. That right? They're born with the ability to root and suck and they use all, there's 20 different reflexes we've we know of that oh, okay. they used for feeding. Interesting. So 
Um, if you, again, if you have a healthy full-term baby, then and they should be able to kind of do this. Like, like and also just because, so I'm picturing this correctly, um, and getting a full idea of this, like, and also for a mom that might be potentially concerned if they're just sort of putting their baby down in the, on them, I'm allowing their baby the the chance to kind of figure out exactly what they need to do to get themselves in the right position and everything. Like, I mean, I don't know if this is a fair question or not, and you'll tell me, but what's sort of the, the time period, give or take? Is there like sort of an average time it takes? Because I would think that if I'm, I'm just trying to picture myself, if I was a mom, I'm breastfeeding, I have my child on me, I have them in the general vicinity, I'm allowing them a chance to kind of figure out exactly where they need to be, what they need to do. Uh, and, you know, I'm sitting there maybe for, I don't know, like 10 minutes and my baby's not really getting there. Um, maybe 10 minutes is probably, probably a really long time, but I'm just saying like, there's some time that passes. I might get kind of nervous and be yeah. like, oh my goodness. Like I wanted like kind of, you know, I don't know if force is the right way, but um, give a lot more guidance. So yeah. I guess sort of a, a two part more in-depth question to this is, is there um, a time period, give or take, that I should feel comfortable with to allow my baby to figure this out? Uh, two, uh, if it is taking, uh, you know, longer than that time period, it, is there something that um, I should be doing to give a little bit more guidance? Yeah. So um, this is just like one approach. You don't have to do this every time. And obviously, if baby is starving, like, so baby's crying, which is mm. the latest hunger cue. If baby's crying, they're very hungry. Right. Um, this might not be the time to do that, right? But right. If, <laughs> um, you might want to help guide them. And you can still be in a laid back position, but offer some assistance. Okay. Um, but if you are just hanging out with your baby, maybe watching Netflix or taking a nap, and you're holding your baby skin to skin, and they start to make give you early feeding cues, mm -hmm. you can let them and let them kind of see if they'll self-attach. So right. I guess it depends on the situation and like, gotcha. what's going on. Um, okay. okay. But obviously that's not practical all the time, you know, right. especially if you're out and about. Yeah. Most right. mothers do the parent led where you're, you know, holding your baby in a cradle hold like this or like cross cradle. Um, and you're, you're more guiding them. Right. Um, so you're allowing them still to open their mouth and kind of like root for the breast, but right. then you're kind of helping them on. Um, right. And that's by moving their body towards you, um, or holding your breast, help to get it in their mouth. Right. Um, and so that's typically what we think about when we think about latching. Mom is doing kind of leading it. Right. Um, and then, you know, I th you mentioned this before, but you um, never want to push on a baby's head when they're eating. Mm. Um, they have to, and I always use this analogy, when you take a, a, a drink from your glass, what mm. do you do? You tilt right. your head back, right? So their chin does not, if their chin is on their chest and you're pushing back on their head, their, their instinct is to push back like this. Right. The, like you wouldn't want somebody pushing on your head when you're eating. Right. Um, and they're the same way. Yeah. So, and so even in mother led latching, you know, mom is supporting their neck and their back, but allowing them to kind of adjust their head um, so they can breathe and kind of make adjustments. Right. 
So their head really should be in a more uh, upward position, shouldn't be down at all. Right. We want their throat open for easy swallowing and breathing. So be Um, really aware of that. Yeah. Okay. That's a a big thing I often see in the beginning, just having your baby up too high so that they're like this trying to drink. Right. Which is going to be pretty much impossible. You cannot, it's really difficult to swallow. You can try it yourself. Um, but I wouldn't, it's nobody ever goes like this and tries to drink. Of course. It makes sense. Um, now, I mean, are there sort of benefits to one approach over the other, or it's, it's okay. It doesn't really make a difference either way. Is, is there sort of advantages for the, for your child in terms of their development for one approach over the other? Um, I mean, being on their belly is always good. Um, and it, it helps them. It's kind of tummy time too for them and helping them get head and neck control. But obviously that's not practical all the time, unless you're at home and um, able to kind of be in a comfortable spot with your baby. So a a combination is good, but um, mostly I say, do what works well for you and your baby. Okay. So whatever you you always do parent led uh, breastfeeding, that's okay. If that's all you can really do, if you just don't have the ability to do that's working for you, then that's fine. That's good. Whatever way you and your baby are, are comfortable and doing well. So okay. cool. Okay. it's just an option. And sometimes when babies are having a hard time, I suggest the baby led just okay. to kind of get them to tap into their kind of feeding reflexes. Right. Um, okay, cool. <clears throat> but usually after the newborn stage, there's less of that happening and it's more, right. you know, we, you don't, you're not as technical. Once you've gotten the hang of it and your baby has head and neck control, it's, right. it's less technical than all this we're talking mm-hmm. about. It just kind of happens and you don't even think about it. Right. <laughs> so, and I guess also you've been doing it for like quite a long time, many, many, many times, like practice makes perfect, like anything yeah. else. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so uh, I have my next question. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, what are some ways to improve your baby's latch and what can you do if your baby's latch isn't improving? Um, so ways to improve your baby's latch are all the things we kind of talked about right. looking for those things. Um, you know, if you're doing the, usually if a baby's having a hard time, you know, we'll talk about the mother led latching, you know, kind of, making sure your baby's close to you, um, making sure their, their, your nipple is lined up kind of here with their lip. Okay. We don't want it again. We don't want their chin on their chest. Right. Um, Cause if it's up here and that forces their, yeah, their head up. Okay. You kind yeah. of tilt back, um, feeding your baby at their early hunger cues. So I always talk to parents about, do you know when your baby's hungry? You know, what are the signs that your baby's hungry and catching those earlier hunger cues. You think about like, if you're starving and like your blood sugar starts to drop, Mm -hmm. how you get, you can't focus. Um, and so if a baby's crying, that means you've missed all their early hunger cues. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard to latch a crying baby because when they're crying, their tongue goes up. Right. So we need their tongue to be down. Um, so usually if they're hysterical, we have to kind of calm them down first. Um, and a good way to do that is like letting them, if they're using a pacifier, 
let them suck on a pacifier, let them suck on your clean finger. Sucking helps kind of calm them down right. enough so that you can get them to regulate and latch. Okay. Um, and then making sure you're comfortable also. Um, you know, a lot of moms are hunching over, their shoulders hurt, you know, they're just they're trying everything to get their baby to latch. They forget about their own posture and comfort. Right. right. Um, so making sure you're comfortable kind of sitting back, um, that your body's supported. So if you need pillows to help hold, hold up your hands and things like that, you're doing right. that. Right. Um, and then I always tell moms, if it's hurting, unlatch and, and try again. Okay. So we never want to like white knuckle through it, the pain, <laughs> right? Um, because you're just, you're just damaging your nipples, your breasts. Right. Um, and your baby's not getting a good latch at that point. Right. And not if it's hurting. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's an obvious clear sign that it's not good for either one of you. Yes. Um, and I could see that as a mom because you have that nurturing instinct you're gonna be like well it hurts me but yeah. whatever like it doesn't but matter they're because... on there so i'm gonna just get through it right yeah because like all ultimately what matters most of all you're gonna put your your child first you, you want obviously you're gonna want your child to feed and you just might think in your head while well, they're feeding and that's really all yeah. that matters is them getting the nutrients they need so who cares yeah. how i feel but the feeling that you have um translates to the the uh the the level of uh, how well your your child is feeding. So yeah. uh, just be aware of that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, great. Um, and was there anything else that you wanted to make sure we touched upon? Because I know um, you talked about already, we talked about a lot of ideas when it comes to improving the latch. Um, some ideas of what you can do if your baby's latch isn't improving, but is there anything else you want to make sure that we uh, cover with that? Because I know there's quite a bit that you have. Um, I guess... Oops, I went the wrong way on my slide. So I guess it, if things are not getting better mm -hmm. um, or, you know, you are constantly in pain or your baby seems not happy after feeding, like they're still seeming hungry or right. they're feeding like every hour and they're just, mm -hmm. they always seem hungry. Right. Um, then at that point, and you've done all the things to try to correct what you think's going on at that point, get help. Like okay. go see a lactation consultant. Um, right. That's why we're we'll talk here. talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, or, you know, there's peer support. There's La Leche League, or I don't know, in um, Canada, I'm in the mm -hmm. US. So right. um, there's Baby Cafe. There's just places where you can find peer support too. Cool. But also it's important to get professional help if like, things aren't improving. Right. Um, and, and if you talk to it, if you talk to your family doctor, I'm sure they're going to have somebody they can refer you to as well. I would, I would imagine. I would hope. I would hope. So. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah I seeing your like pediatrician be, you know, just even calling them. Do you have a lactation consultant that yeah. you know? Um, and that might be just a question you ask right from the get go too. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I always say when you're pregnant, like find some in your area, just so you have somebody to call if because those first you know couple days especially once you leave the hospital if you birth in a hospital um you get home and it's like okay 
they let me right. home with this little baby and what do right. I what am right. I doing it's like okay here just figure it out go <laughs> right so um having somebody to call for support like even if you're not sure if it's going well like yeah. somebody can see you and just like give you some pointers or just even tell you yes this is you're doing great mm. like just having right. that reassurance sure so sure, um sure. but in the meantime you want to obviously keep feeding your baby so if breastfeeding is not working then you need to feed your baby another way and that right. could be temporarily bottles or you know whatever means right. syringe but there's um, a lot of research uh if i'm correct in saying so that shows that breastfeeding is way more important if you can do it for your baby's development compared to other methods of feeding if i'm correct in seeing so i mean i would imagine you would know more than me about this but i know i've heard that quite a bit um and that might be a, something that um new moms and new dads are wondering about yeah breastfeeding um has benefits for mom and baby mm -hmm. um nutritionally and um just you know for long-term health mm -hmm. um but in the if, if you have to supplement your baby for whatever reason it's always more important that your baby's fed right so well yeah um, <laughs> that's what i'd say no but i don't like i don't like you know right it is beneficial but like you have to to make that choice too sure. so sure. um you know if you temporarily have to do something else until you get the help you need to work on those those issues right. then you're not a, a terrible parent like that's all i just right. want to right. get across oh that's that's um, good that's good a I, lot I like of, that you said that a lot of women moms dads they blame themselves if breastfeeding isn't going well right right but right. sometimes it's because we don't give them the tools they need to be successful and right. you know just like I asked you before we came on live, like how much do you really know about breastfeeding? We don't see women breastfeeding really anymore. Like right. I rarely see somebody breastfeeding. And so it's like, it is kind of a learned behavior too. So um, I think a lot of us just, we don't have the support we need and then right. we automatically blame ourselves, right? Cause we right. want the best for our child. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, I like that you said that, that, I mean, if you just are having trouble with it um, and it's just not working for you and you're maybe even having trouble finding somebody that uh, knows a lot about this, it's educated like this, uh, such as yourself, um, you know, obviously you want your, your child to be fed. Obviously, that's first priority. Uh, so if you have to use an alternative method for the time being, yeah. uh, try not to stress out about it and worry about it or, or feel like because you're just not sure what's wrong and why it's not working uh to you know get down on yourself about it or be hard on yourself but it, there's so many things that you've mentioned during this that could so easily be overlooked by anybody especially if it's your first time doing it yeah. so um yeah just to go easy on yourself and just remember that the first priority ultimately is making sure your baby's fed one way or yeah. the other. So, um, you know, you just, you do your best and, and uh, yeah, and all will be good. Yeah, and I like, I like the idea of, of just providing that reassurance. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, so next question. Yes. Okay, uh, so what are some reasons why a latch would be difficult? Um, yeah, so I, this goes into like wanting to blame ourselves first, but right. sometimes it's things that 
are not within our control. Um, you know, if baby had a particularly difficult birth, um, like a long labor or they were breached or like just they had to be in the NICU or something, right. um, they just might be recovering from that. They might have tightness somewhere in their body. Um, uh, they might have something going on in their mouth, like a tongue tie or a lip tie, um, or just their tongue isn't quite working the way it should some like oral dysfunction. Um, so there's other, like, if you've tried to fix these things, this goes back to like kind of getting help. Cause then if things are not improving with the, the tip, the tricks you're trying or the tips you've gotten, then maybe something else is going on and somebody needs to kind of look in that. Um, and then sometimes if, if mom has low milk supply, um, that can be a factor for baby, not, not breastfeeding well, um, just right. th cause they're not getting enough milk. And so they're getting frustrated at the breast or, um, they're not gaining weight. So sometimes it, we need to figure out really what's going on. Right. Um, right. And the regular checkups that you have with your pediatrician are obviously going to be really important uh, to help yes. make sure that everything is going as it should. Yeah, because yeah. Um, I'm, I would imagine that there's going to I mean, there's going to be like subtle changes in weight that are going to be hard to detect just on your own. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, watching diaper output, like knowing how much they should be pee pee peeing and pooping mm -hmm. um, is important for mm -hmm. knowing that they're getting enough milk. Right. So um but definitely in the, the first couple of weeks going to those regular uh, checkups with your pediatrician to make sure your baby's on track. Cool. And, um, you know, and then that also discussing any issues you're having with feeding there. And so yeah. hopefully they can help get you support that you need. Okay, cool. Oh, somebody just asked a really good question here. What is considered low milk supply? So in the beginning, breastfed babies should be gaining about an ounce a day. They will initially lose some weight after birth, and then we want them back to their birth weight by 10 to 14 days. If your baby is not gaining that one-ish ounce a day, then your supply might be low. Babies around six weeks, breastfed babies take 24 to 32 ounces a day. So that is kind of what we're looking for mom to produce. And babies can continue to take that much until about six months. 24 to 32 ounces is like a full supply. That's really good. I think we got through a lot of details about this. I know that there's probably so much more to know. Thank you for joining this Inventive Minds Child, Youth, and Family Support Center workshop. Uh, do visit www.inventivekids.com, kids with a Z.com to learn more about the many other workshops available coming up soon. You can connect with Inventive Minds via email at inventivekids, again with a Z, at gmail.com for any parenting challenges so their professional team can connect with you. Check out a replay of this and many of our other podcasts by searching Inventive Kids on YouTube and the Parent Toolbox on Spotify. And join the Parent Toolbox Facebook community group today by searching the Parent Toolbox on Facebook. And we look forward to seeing you all again very, very soon. Thank you, Nicole. That was great. That was so much fun. Thank you. Make sure to check out inventivekids.com slash events, as well as other parenting workshops, courses, and events. Thank you.